0: Welcome to our very first official podcast interview, and what are we calling it? A show? A TV it's show time. too? It's Showtime. That's all. Yeah. It's Showtime.
1: I'm here today
0: with Love Bailey. Do you go by Love or Bailey or both you or can either? Call me either. Okay. You know? Cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm just gonna jump right into it. I'm gonna. I want to start this interview off by quoting something the Huffington Post said about you. Okay. Artist, designer, performer, and cultural visionary with heavy ties to the worlds of fashion and music. Having worked with the likes of Fiona Apple, Rihanna, Azalea Banks, and Britney Spears, Love Bailey's career recently brought the artist into a new realm of experience that focuses heavily on bringing like-minded artists and creatives together in a new practice in queer community culture, the formation of an artist community on a ranch outside of Los Angeles. Well, Holy shit, girl! <laughs> I'm all that's a mouthful, and what a resume! Yeah.
1: Don't believe all the lies you hear.
0: <laughs> so, I want to start with. I mean, can you let's start with break break some of this down for me? Okay. There's the ranch. Yeah. The first I heard about, first time I heard your name was in the context of being a stylist. Mm-hmm. You're a performer. Right. There's a lot. Right. There's, so there's let's, a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I want to pick it all apart individually, yeah. and then obviously there's a crossover. Right. So let's start from the beginning.
1: So I started out as a dancer, a okay. trained dancer. My grandmother, who was a showgirl in the 40s, and she danced all the military balls, she took me to dance class every day. So okay. she sacrificed her life so that I could be a performer, and she knew that that was something I wanted to do. And you know, I loved playing dress-up with her, and dressing for pleasure is something we did together. So naturally... You know, that's where I found this like freedom of of expression and she nurtured that. And so we would go to dance class every day and I became a professional dancer and I danced with Britney Spears and Fiona Apple. And I was, you know, young twink ballet dancer, you know, dancing like eight hour days and, you know, going to ESPN dance championships with my dance team and doing the whole competition circuit and all that jazz.
0: Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: so that's sort of like where my love for musical and, and fashion and, you know, expression came to life.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So just you and your grandma.
1: Yeah, me and my grandmother um, in suburbia, you know, Carlsbad, California. Get it. And um, yeah, it was like a you know, white picket fence community in a cul-de-sac and the neighborhood boys would flip me off and call me faggot on my way to <gasps> tap class with my grandmother. No. And so this sort of feeling of like I had to sort of put on my armor to go do what I want what I love, basically. And sort of that is what I learned at an early age, is that the rest of the world isn't caught up with, you know.
0: So that's interesting know. because you did have some sense of empowerment though from your grandmother. Oh, my
1: grandmother, thank God. I mean, if, if I didn't have my grandmother, you know, it might have been a different situation.
0: Yeah. But you weren't blind to the fact that that you didn't necessarily feel like you fit in, into your community, right? And I feel like that sense of angst with that
1: that contrast maybe fueled my desire to want to do it more and to want to prove myself and yeah. to sort of like attack the stage.
0: And how did you mentally deal with that in your adolescence? I mean, I, that's such a hot topic, and you know, I, I we've talked about we talked about off camera earlier. Part of my motivation with this podcast is I really want to empower young people. Right.
1: And... I think leading by example is yes. the best way. Yes, And for me, you know, seeing films like Rocky Horror Picture Show or All That Jazz with Bob Bossie, like escapism at an early age is the only way I dealt with reality.
0: I mean, those are amazing films. How did you, I mean, find that? I, I mean, how do you tap into that well
1: nowadays it's so much easier to tap into you know visual experiences online right but you know back in the day it was vhs so grandma betty would have to like yes pop into vhs and like show me the razzle dazzle
0: Oh, my God, you know that's I mean? so amazing. Yeah. And how special were those films? It's like, that's just so cool.
1: Totally. That's great because that goes right along with what we're talking about and why we're filming this. Because now all these young kids have it. Yeah, their fingertips. access to at it. Their fingertips. No one has to go get them a VHS right. tape anymore and put it in and show them. Right. And that's amazing that she did that. They part. just have to keep themselves entertained. Right. I think, you know, boredom is probably where it's a slippery slope. If you're bored and you don't have an outlet for your creativity, you know, you can go to the darkness. You can turn right. to darkness, or you can turn to drugs, or you can turn to a lot of different things. I just turned to lipstick and heels. <laughs> <laughs> That's, great.
0: That's, a quote. That's a good quote too. It's yeah. So many t-shirts need to be made after yeah. this episode. <laughs> well, and that was my experience. And my parents weren't able to label that for me, and that was just like the angst of being an artist. Right. Just that in itself right. alone wanting is challenging.
1: Wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard. Yeah, not
0: learning. even knowing what you want to create necessarily right. all of the time. Just, just the space to, to to experience, like experiment. Right. So, okay, so we're going to dance class all the time. Right. You're crushing. Right. Now we're a little bit older. Right. How old were you when you? Start. i mean were you out of high school when you started dancing professionally or um, no i was in high school you were
1: yeah and um yeah that's where I, I where i got into fashion is like music videos and seeing like brands like heather red and david Lachapelle and oh. going to tiger heat and dancing in the all-gay club and you know being a go-go dancer and you know i was in this swirl of queerness and i sort of at a young age wanted to to try new things and experiment like you said and maybe you know fashion is like was a new outlet for me and something I didn't know it's like and dance became too rigid for me and I don't like things that are rigid yeah I like fluidity and creativity I don't believe in one title that oh you're a dancer and that's what you are no I think as an artist like we can evolve and we can express ourselves in many different forms and fashion for me was the next evolution because it was something Betty and taught me at a young age and here I was wanting to like spray paint, you know, and rip things up and safety pin things. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was just fucking making it up as I went along. Yeah,
0: Which is what it should be.
1: And at some point in high school, I got the football team, like all the, the popular home. jocks of the football team to pose naked for a photo shoot for my clothing line. No. And I but had, like, there's like no clothes. Well, I had all the, <laughs> yeah, right? The scam of it all. <laughs> um. Yeah, but my girlfriends would, would wear my designs and they would like pose with lollipops and like compromising positions. And the football team was like holding their junk while they were like covered in glitter and slathered up. No. Yeah. Oh my God. This and is the best day of my scandal. life. it caused a oh, scandal. It caused a scandal in suburbia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's, that's their football team. It was our football yeah. team. lights guys yeah. out there. Yeah. And oh I was God. like innocently putting up on a website because I wanted to showcase the designs mm-hmm. on a website. And, you know, someone got a hold of it in class and made it a screensaver of all the classroom's computers. And so no. it became a viral sensation in Carlsbad, California. And, the, of course, the principal called me into the office and they threatened to press charges on me. And they sent letters home to all the kids' parents threatening to, like, you know, whatever you want to do will be behind you legally. And... Oh my god! Yeah, but because we were consenting, we're all underage, consenting to this moment. You know, there's nothing they could do. But mm-hmm. the school had it out for me after that.
0: That's crazy. It's like you had no idea what you. Re- no, you I weren't just, thinking about it that no, way. I was just
1: slathering it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's amazing. And I love that you got everybody on board. Yeah. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. We and that's how fun. you know that it's true, though. But like it's doing. honest, yeah. you know, you're really just making something and, um, yeah. and the man's trying to fuck you and hold you down again. And it's always happening. It's yeah. always how it is. It's, it's just is like fear-based be behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Like they, people are just so scared of what they don't understand.
1: There's this drag queen, um, Desmond is amazing. And I think he's like 10 years old. And, you know, he's this blossoming example for young queers out there that want to express themselves. And of course his parents... Adore him and you'll know, give him full reign to dress up and wear glitter and wear make headpieces and just to be To express himself, but recently an article came out that parents are trying to like put him in custody that they think that child protective services shouldn't allow this to happen and There's this whole article negative article on it And I'm just like so confused in how we got to this place how we're here and we're a society. We're trying to evolve And this kid's just doing him, you know, he's just loving it. He's just like adoring all the fucking glitter, slathering it on thick. And, you know, it's we should applaud him as a society. We should be like, yeah, that's an example, you know, for parents out there to embrace their children. But of course, you know, the man, the conservative repressed man is always going to be there as the darkness.
0: And it's so sad because you know, it. I feel like the conservative man. I do feel like that person is becoming that number is becoming smaller and smaller.
1: I would hope so. I
0: hope. I mean, not based on our but current I also feel political like system.
1: It, it's become more aggressive in a way. It's but that's what of, I think It's, it's like them polar. fighting yeah, back because becoming they are becoming extinct. See they're seeing that they're becoming to arise, right. and now it's like an even larger threat. It's like polar opposites. Everyone's triggered by something. Right. You know, and it's like the more someone becomes more liberal, the more this person becomes more conservative and feels threatened. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. We all know there's a huge divide right now. Yeah.
0: So, So. Sad. And it shouldn't
1: be black and white like that. You know, it's like there's this rainbow of people to coexist with each other. And, you know, you may not approve of what somebody's doing, but you should at least respect them for doing it.
0: And also just purely based on the fact that we're all individuals. Right. That's the point. Right. We're not all here, right. our individual our souls, to be clones of each other. It's so insane. And why would you even be striving for that? Right. That's not even a human experience. It's not
1: the fantasy.
0: No. no. <laughs> it's not the fantasy.
1: No.
0: At all. It's another
1: t-shirt.
0: Yeah. We should be writing all these t-shirt <laughs> ideas down.
1: Oh, <Well>, they're here. <laughs> all they so here. many
0: t-shirts. <laughs> It's just like fuck the podcast. We're just gonna Where's start the a budget? T-shirt. <laughs> Where's the do, do sell, yeah. sell them on Hollywood Where's Boulevard? The Boulevard. Where's the how budget? Are children.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so now we're at um, dancing professionally yeah. and move into styling. Yes. Okay, so how did you trans- then move into styling?
1: Yeah, I met a cokehead stylist. Oh. Who was transitioning to become a photographer, but like you know, is fucking over every relationship and burning all the bridges. But needless to say, had this book of contacts and was like, "Here, I'll help you as long as you style for me. I'll give you all this knowledge." So I sort of like picked up where he left off. Okay. And um, went from showroom to showroom, made full, fake poll letters because, of course, in fashion, unless you're somebody, unless you're known, no one's gonna give you a chance, right? No one's gonna give you an opportunity. So it's gave, such a catch twenty-two. Right. So I gave myself the opportunity. If I fucking wrote up those poll letters. Good and made my book and that's sort of like how I you know, started off. And um, you know, then I got signed by an agency, Atelier Management, and then I went into Jed Root and then I got signed by Jed Root. And that was sort of like at the pinnacle when I was dressing Naomi Campbell, making pieces for Lady Gaga, custom pieces for Rihanna, I mean La Faciel covers, I was really doing it. Um, but there was also this part of me that just hated the industry that just didn't want us to come. I'm not an ass kisser. I'm not one of those that just goes and like bougie bougie, um. <laughs> like that's That's not my fantasy, you know what I mean? I'm there to do my work and if you like it, cool. And if not, like, I'm sorry, you know, I can't, I'm not like, I don't like to compromise in a creative integrity, you know? There's some compromise that's okay when you're like, you know, being paid a lot of money to do it. You can shut up and do the work. <clears throat> But in the industry of fashion, nobody makes money. That's something that is like the veil that everyone thinks, you know, oh yeah, you're doing these covers. Well, you must be making all this money. No, I can't even feed myself. I can't take that cover of Naomi Campbell to the grocery store and say, honey, um, you know, I can't feed myself today. But like, here's my cover of Naomi Campbell. Please just like, you know, buy all these groceries for me. It doesn't work like that. And the biggest scam of fashion is nobody has money. Even the people you know, even the Gucci's or the the Tom Ford's or whatever, they're still doing campaigns that pay people like under the table, nothing. Um, So that was where I was at as like an integrity piece. It's like, well, if you're not paying me, then at least I should have a voice as an artist, right? At least you would think, but then no, you have to succumb to like the brands and making sure like this labels shot from head to toe and you can't mix that label with this label. And that becomes a whole commerce thing. And it's like, well, If these labels are making money and it's a whole commerce thing, why am I not making money? And that was the whole, my whole thing. Who's making the money? Right, who's making the money and why am I succumbing to this commerce when you're not feeding me?
0: This is a whole I mean this is a whole episode in itself just right. talking specifically about the industry. I mean, I'm glad to touch on it briefly or however long we feel like talking no, we'll about move it. On. But I it's, mean, it's not
1: even I do want to say
0: that for the record I'm glad that we are lifting the veil on the illusion that if you're in fashion you're making money. Right. First of all, I am so against this and somebody needs to say something. Like who's making the money? Somebody's making the right. money. But. And if you're volu- basically volunteering your time or working for something I love to call or is called an editorial read. Yeah. lols. <laughs> lolz, Lulz. Lol. Like then I agree with you. Then I should be able to be so fucking creative. I'm burning the house down. Exactly. Like I should be able to show up with like a 10 foot high yellow wig and a this (laughs) and a that. And like, that's what we're doing. Yeah, we are gonna slather it on and you're gonna be lucky that I'm fucking there. Exactly. No, but what it really is, is commerce and sales. So if we're doing commerce and sales,
1: Who's making the money right here. who's
0: making the money where's
1: the budget where's yeah
0: show me the budget
1: <laughs> this shit doesn't come for free honey yeah
0: so and that's my rant for that so yeah. you said fuck the so, man well, yeah so, i said <laughs> fuck the man
1: again and i was like i was mentored by this lovely makeup artist scott andrew who's been in the business for ages and he got shafted by jed root and jed root um, they were together for 14 years and jed found a 21 year old twink that worked in american apparel and decided to kick Scott to the curb and you know Scott unfortunately had cancer and, he, and sort of kicked Scott to the curb because he wasn't producing like he wanted him to and it was just this really dark situation where like this like business shark was you know out to get his own cookies and you know fuck his partner 14 years and oh took his God. dog and you know so I was on the fence of like well you know Scott's my love and I... I adored him and I looked up to him. So I, I lived with him during this dark period of his life. And he sort of empowered me. And um, even through his darkness, he was always at the club, like liberated and the one giving all the love and being so supportive. And he told me, he was like, you know, do you want to be 40 years old and still dressing up and look at yourself in the mirror and think like, wow, I I could have been a woman. I could have lived my life as a woman and done what I wanted to do. And I could have you know, made myself an icon. You know, I spent my life making other icons, but like, you know, now is my chance to like do it. It's either now or never. He said, you're turning 30 soon. So it's either now or never, honey. And I took that, and I ran with it. And unfortunately he passed away of cancer shortly oh my after.
0: God, I have chills.
1: And, um, you know, it was a dark time in my life and I needed a place to call home. And so I moved to LA and you know, my mother said she had this property waiting for me on the ranch in Temecula. And unfortunately, her ex-lover from prison, Heidi Fleiss, came to the picture and started terrorizing our lives and then thought she could extort the property from us and convinced officers and cops that she paid cash for the property. And so this time in my life when I was healing, you know, from the death of my loved one and the place that I wanted to establish home and have a foundation to grow from was no longer there and it, it was a place of torment it was a place of torture and you know I remember being handcuffed to my mother and thrown in jail because we were trespassing on our own property oh and my her 16 macaws were shitting on my couture as Heidi was throwing the couture out the window saying you'll never suck dick for five dollars you can't even suck dick for five dollars I mean the lady was crazy on methamphetamine symboxin which is a synthetic version of some, you know, heroin and meth and all that jazz. So this was a a moment in my life where it was a pivotal moment. It was like, well, the universe has dealt me this, This, these are my deck of cards and, you know, I could either sink or swim. And, you know, I've already always been taught that like failure is not an option. And so I did what any broken showgirl would do. And um, my photographer friend had a showerless garage in San Dimas and, you know, I made my man, my fantasies a reality, and I lived with him during that period. And you know, we made our darkest, wildest fantasies into a film. And I made a short film, slathered it up, and it helped liberate me through this p- part of my life where I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to make it out of this situation. And you know, fortunately, he let me sleep there. And he called me today, and and I, I love him for giving me that chance. And I think that. You know, the lesson of the story is like, you know, when you're in a dark place, like reach out to the ones you love and, you know, ask for a helping hand because, you know, there's someone out there for you that'll give you that chance, that second chance. And, you know, if you believe in yourself, then you'll have the empowerment to move on from that because, you know, the light's always waiting for you at the end of that tunnel. No matter how dark it gets, there will always be a guiding light waiting for you.
0: Oh, I'm just like, that is amazing and so, I think, relatable on so many levels to a lot of people. One of the things from that story I want to touch on is to never be scared of your truth, I think. I think that a lot of people from the outside or even you internally would see, you know, dressing Naomi Campbell and signing with one of the best agencies as kind of a pinnacle to your career, right? right? Like
1: the beginning to the end, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, but you know, there's, I think there can be a lot of fear in that. Like how do I just bail on all of this? But I think that everybody intuitively has something inside of them when it's like, you're talking about, I'm creating icons. You're the icon. You know what I mean? And your friend that night in the club saw that it, saw that in you. And I'm so and I think anybody that knows you is so thankful for that. Because as you said, it's like that gave you the strength to feel a sense of empowerment in knowing that and Mm -hmm. to take all of those risks and not be scared to fail. You know, and I think that everybody should feel that sense of safety and security. And even if you have one friend that you can rely on to get that from it's like one one is enough
1: and even on netflix like i was watching this documentary um jewels catch one and she was this lesbian african-american club owner from the 70s at a time where they weren't allowing african-american um people into the club in west hollywood and they were sort of outcast from that and she sort of gave people this place where they could all swirl together and and be liberated no matter what skin color what no matter what Um, Sexual orientation they were allowed and she was sort of the mother of this this beautiful Rainbow this like family and but the police officers were always at her door every fucking day They were always banging at her door, you know people tried to burn down her bar at some point because they wanted to buy the club from her and she wouldn't sell it So she was always at odds with the man and she persevered for that for 50 years and I think that story You know, something I'm so thankful it's on Netflix. So any kid out there, you know, you want to find a story to connect to, go see that or go see someone like Todrick Hall, who has a documentary on Netflix. Like there are people out there that are going against all odds and making their fantasies reality. And now that because we have the Internet, you know, it's at your fingertips. So, you know, go be inspired, go find someone that you can relate to and you can see their success story, story and how they achieved it and um
0: everybody you know. has a story you know and that's part of this too is it's like or a mentor I think
1: to, someone they yeah, look up to you yeah
0: know. and I think that there's this illusion sometimes I think social media is good and bad and sometimes you know we all have that moment when you're scrolling through and just like subconsciously or consciously comparing comparing right. comparing like
1: comparing. God, life is so perfect yeah or,
0: and it's like that's why it's never important to be like
1: that and you know, you always have those self doubt thoughts.
0: Yeah. That's and it's like, that's way. why it's important to have this conversation. Right. I want to hear your story. Like, social media is curated content. Right. Everybody's life looks flawless and easy. You only on see what media. I
1: choose to show of you. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't see those moments when I'm in my darkest hour because I don't want to share that with people. Right. You yeah. know? We need to normalize those thoughts. Right. And, and make it right. understood that every one of us sits around and has, and those, has those thoughts. thoughts. And how do we control them? How do we better ourselves? Right. How do we, you know, it's, I mean, that's, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. And talk about it and it's okay to talk about it and mm-hmm. it's okay to feel that. Right. And just knowing though, that everybody has a backstory and everybody's been scared and everybody's struggled. And something that always helped me was I always think no artist that I look up to right. was going with the grain. Right. Obviously you're yeah. not doing anything yeah. fucking worthwhile if you're doing that. what everybody else is doing.
1: I love that quote <laughs> that Marilyn Monroe said. It's like, good girls rarely make history. Yes. And it's so true. It's like, you know, you know, we're if you're privileged and life is handed to you and, you know, you're just going with the flow, like, you know, you won't evolve as a human. You know, you need that contrast of life to sort of like wake something up inside mm-hmm. you that helps you fight for something. That's what I have a problem with so many of these queens today on like RuPaul's Drag Race and like. You know, I bless the situation. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I love what they're doing for the queer community. I think it's fucking brilliant. Um, and they're finally empowering people to make money from this. But at the end of the day, like, some of these queens go into this competition, like, expecting this trophy, expecting this crown, but they've never had to work for anything. Their parents have just given it to them, you know, as a, as a young adult, and there's nothing that they have to transcend from. There's no hardships, or they don't even know the history of the queer community and how we had to go through AIDS or stonewall or the shit we had to fight for you know even past my generations and so they go into this not knowing this history of the art form itself and they're just like demanding this like oh this is my crown I'm a queen now and they don't really respect or treat people you know with compassion along the way and I think that that's something that is to be said for not only that community but others as well I mean you know as artists I'm sure you've met so many privileged artists that are just like feel like everything should be handed to them and don't really have compassion. And that's one thing we need as humans to have compassion for each other.
0: Well, and I think, and I can't remember the exact thing that Oprah (laughs) says, but she says something to the the effect of like, standing on a stage and hundreds of your ancestors are standing behind you. Yeah. But you know, when you talk about like everything that the community has overcome, there are so hundreds of people and maybe that, I mean, obviously thousands that are all a part of that. And I think that like in this age, the, the whatever we're calling it, the digital age or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like there's a loss for the sense of struggle or just, or just like not putting even... nuts, but like putting your time in.
1: Like, what are you fighting for right. at the end of the day? Like, why are you building this platform? Why do you want all these millions of people to adore you? Is it just for the vanity of it? Or do you have something to say? Do you want to empower them to do it for themselves? And that's what I, how I look at it. It's like, you know, this is fine. I could have a million vol- viewers, a million followers. But at the end of the day, like, what am I doing for other people? You know, because that's the longevity. That's what's going to make you happy at the end of the day is that you're going to be empowering someone to do it for themselves. And that's what's going to keep you going because it, it, it's lonely at the top. You know what I yeah. mean? It's really lonely at the top. And you have to have a, a love or a passion for something more than just... Dressing up.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know. I ask myself on a regular basis, like what am I doing for my community? What am I doing for my neighbor? What am I doing for my mother? What am I doing for my daughter? You know, like, isn't that what the human experience is all about?
1: So, and that's why I make these films and, and, you know, I just released this film with Violet Tchotchke and Dee Teese called "A Lot More Me." And if you haven't seen it, you should go check it out on YouTube. It's been on Vogue, it's been on Billboard, uh, Rolling Stone, Hollywood Reporter, and it sort of empowers um, a woman dressing up or a trans woman, or you know, I, I sort of go through that dialogue. And there's like a transphobic moment where Violet's in a diner with a transphobic asshole, and she's on a dinner date. And the guy's like, oh, well, like, you know, you don't have your titties done. Like, you don't still have a dick, do you? And it's like, these are the transphobic things that I go through on a daily basis. And I sort of like implied that into my film. And so subliminally, you can kind of see what I'm going through. And I want to show that. I don't want to just make pretty things. I'm yeah. bored of that. Yeah. And that's sort of why I'm here. You know, is to empower other people it's through my films. And that's sort of my message and what I can give back to the community on a small scale. You know, I'm sure I could do a lot more and I would love to do a lot more when that money comes rolling in, honey. Yeah, show <laughs> me the budget. Show me that budget and <laughs> I, will, I will build a village.
0: Well, this is the perfect segue into talking about what you're doing now. Yeah. So you went through everything, you know, finding your place. We left off on you're basically living in your friend's garage, right? Right. A showerless garage, I mean, getting ready every, I can't even imagine the struggle is real. I remember showering at the gym every day for a month once and it was like, just- Yeah,
1: the armpit shower, yeah, like the push push shower.
0: Yeah. (laughs) you are like, (laughs) just get some baby wipes. The baby wipe shower. Yeah. The baby wipe shower shower
1: for
0: a long time. Yeah. Oh my, yeah.
1: Not the fantasy. Yeah, not the fantasy.
0: (laughs) So how did you get out of that situation? And let's talk about, you know, what you're, I really want to talk about what you're working on now.
1: Well, I worked with my mother in construction and she was like, you know what? Like I'll pay you minimum wage, just like come work with me. And I oh did, my God. I put on that flannel, no, you didn't. I went to work and she does HVAC and it's like where she mm, puts in pipes yeah. and it's like, you know, a lot of labor and that talk about working for the man. That's like the blue collar worker. She's a hard working bitch, mm-hmm. lesbian construction worker. And there's this gray matter that you paint on pipes called pookie. And here I am painting it on. And she turns to me and says, don't be afraid to slather it on thick. And Ah, that was a metaphor for life. That's where you got that? That was, well, my friend Elias and I had been using the word slather because it was provocative. And I love words that are provocative and have dual meanings. And, you know, I never had this word of like, what what you have inside you, this magic you have inside you, what's a word for the verb of how you use it? And that's when it came to life, is when my mother said that to me. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like, we shouldn't be afraid of the fantasy within us. We shouldn't be afraid of these desires that we have. We should just, like, slather them on thick, you know? Ah. Even when you're on the dance floor, you slather it on thick. Or when you're doing your makeup, you slather it on thick. I mean, it it has so many meanings, but it's this feeling of, like, don't look back. Don't hold back. Just like give it your all. When you have nothing left to lose, you gotta slather it on.
0: Ah, oh, yes. So good. I'm so ready for my audition later. <laughs> <laughs> like, this <is> just, just
1: There you go. Showtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Showtime. Oh, it's so You're hired. good. Look <laughs> her.
0: So, okay, so you're painting the pipes or the grout. I mean, I don't even understand.
1: Yeah, so I'm painting the pipes and you know, she, she gives me this metaphor. And shortly after, I had to resign my duties of doing construction. I knew that wasn't for me, but I made this film, Slather It Up. And this sort of like, this short film empowered me to want to become a director and not want to be a stylist or a bitch with a rack. And having to succumb to that is like, now I knew that I had a channel and an outlet where people would respect me as the head director. And I think that that's where my career was leading towards is being respected in that realm. And there's not many trans women out there that are directors and, you know, Hollywood doesn't really empower us to do things like that or put us in positions of power, you know, because they don't sort of value us or they think we're delusional or inexperienced. I mean, the list goes on of what Hollywood perceives of us. So. For me, I wanted to do that and sort of like help empower other trans women out there to rise up and yeah. be bosses. Let's be a boss bitch, honey.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that also when you're, you know, you talk about multifaceted artistry right and it's like i think that sometimes there's this idea that you're defined by this one thing no and i'm starting to come to that conclusion yeah. like it isn't just this one thing and when you're in that position you're on set as the stylist right. or the this right. like your opinion is only wanted in like right. that area right and it's like now look at all of the things that you're offering the world right like it's amazing right so you're you did the short how many films have you done and what is, is that your main focus right now? Are you doing so? Feed? Yeah. Tell me about it.
1: So I have a short and I'm turning that into the full feature. Now I took it to Outfest and I sort of want to develop it because it's the story of my life. And I want to tell that story with honesty and surrealism and fantasy and all the things I love. So I'm taking my time with that. And along the way, I'm able to empower other muses and create for other muses because that's my day job. You know, I can't always just create for myself because that's a bit selfish and, you know, I, I love creating for Violet Chosky. She's such an icon and in her own right. And she comes with her own level of glamour. And um, it was really easy for us to communicate together. And we share the same visual language. And we made this film together and you'll see it and hope you enjoy it. It's a 15-minute short and it has part music video, part dialogue, part intro. with Dita Vontis as a cameo. Oh my God, and so she cool. checks into the Slather Hotel And it's fun. Oh oh my God. I'm so excited. A little bit of dark humor in there and all the things I love. And so I want to take that model, that formula that I learned and apply it to other icons. So, you know, if you're an icon out there and you're watching, call me. The Scarlet Woman (laughs) reporting for duty.
0: Yes, I love it. Can we talk a little bit about the ranch?
1: Yes, we can. So the ranch, um, after Heidi moved and lovely, we got her evicted. The land has become a place where I can call home for myself and all my wayward queers that come along the way and all the artists that I choose to share it with. And eventually I want to turn it into a community where, you know, we can have a big studio lot and it becomes like this universal studios for gay people, for queer people. Oh my gosh, I'm going to freak out. And not just queer people. I mean, the sense of like queer minded, like you have to be open minded and have a good heart to come on the land. That's sort of the, the requirement if you will. Um, But I want to develop it. I want to have a music festival there. You know, I want to have a studio lot. I want to have a carnival ride. I want to have a slip and slide, you know, and I want to sort of, the land calls for that. It's like a magical place. It's 40 acres nestled on the top of the top of this canyon in in wine country in Temecula. And you can see the entire valley, 360 degree view Mm -hmm. of magic. And there's these huge rock formations and, Mama just installed a jacuzzi this weekend so when I come home I get to slip into a jacuzzi and um, we have lots of slumber parties and gatherings and I just shot my music video there, I made a song called Slather It Up, Um, it's actually called Hollywood Hooker, it's sort of a two part song and we created the film in a month in December and I invited all my queer friends out and we made this art and I can't wait to share it with the world and that's the next film I get to birth. So now you're making
0: music too.
1: Yeah. I want to make a a music experience. I think for me, it's about collaboration with music. I'm not a a trained vocalist, um, but I'm a great writer and I love collaborating with people. And, you know, I think music is a way of sharing that vibration with someone you love. And, you know, hopefully that sort of soundtrack will turn into the the film. And, and that's sort of where I'm going with that, but I'm also, you know, being available for art direction bookings and, Slathering it up for other people's music totally. videos and wherever there's a budget, sign me up, honey.
0: And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a cohesive theme of, you know, collaborating. Yeah. If, you know, if you're listening or watching to this, watching this, you know, we're refer- referencing, the ranch. And if you don't know what the ranch is, it's where Bailey, you live there. I live
1: there, SavageRanch.us, and go check it out. And, you know, you can email me if you want to come visit. And it's sort of a place where me and my mother call home, but we also host gatherings there and workshops and, you know, whatever the recipe of artistry calls for, you know, we'll slather it up.
0: I mean, everybody that I know, which I think it's only like two people that have been there. I mean, it's a mecca for creativity. It is. And that's the point, yeah. right? You're empowering other artists to go and create and you're all making things together. And, and we've I think... had a
1: few residencies from London. People flown flown all over from London. Um, Sinead came over, Sinead O'Dallwer, and she came over and she creates for Bjork. She makes dresses for Bjork and um, she just had her massive collection and Nick Knight is behind it, Show Studios behind it. And she came before really anyone knew who she was. And she came and slept on my roof under the stars with me. And we sort of had these magical moments of like creating and looking at the stars and connecting and... You know, sort of that's what that space calls for. And I I hope to offer more of those programs and more artists to come out and create their body of work and their fantasies.
0: And, you know, I also hope that this um, maybe breaks down a little bit of the stifling that's happening in fashion. How do I say? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, because you- when
1: you live in a city and you live in the concrete jungle, there's all these parameters and there's all these boxes. And, you know, as an artist, we need to escape those just to create and to create from a true place, to create from an honest place. And that's sort of what the ranch is. And it's a place that people can escape and get away from that and forget about those thoughts for a second and find that place of creation again.
0: Because how do you find, you know, that true, honest idea within yourself? I feel like the I'm so inundated with everybody else's fucking concepts now and ideas just because it's so accessible that it's so hard for me to even – some days to even make anything right. anymore because it's just like – you see, the content is so intense that you're just like, uh, this has been done. Oh, I have this idea, but this has been done. Oh, you know, it's just. I like would take- say the best
1: recipe for that is try something outside your routine. Everyone has a routine. They have their daily schedule. They know what they're doing when they wake up. They know what they're doing when they go. To, they go to bed. Take some time to yourself to break out of that routine. Try something new. That's the best way to find inspiration. Is like, you know, go to a, a class that your dance class that you maybe you feel uncomfortable doing. You know push yourself to go outside that comfort zone to to go to a ranch or to go on a vacation connect with nature go masturbate in the woods whatever you need
0: to do <laughs> it. Just slather it up honey you do it. next time we're in griffith we just see freaking <laughs> all these yeah. people just like jerking it in the yeah. woods <laughs> like yeah. well bailey said i yeah, need to go yeah. masturbate <laughs> you know that's fucking Thank awesome you yeah i know and you know i i have like high hopes for this also as far as like i want to get back into making art in the industry like at the end of the day like we need to like you need to get paid for this like everybody needs to be for us to empower other people we need to be empowered ourselves right right? and i want the industry to get back to that i want to be able to make art in fashion
1: well, I like to say, and this is why I'm putting out Hollywood Hooker, is because like whether you're selling diamonds or selling your ass, we are all hookers in this together. <laughs> and I think that evens the playing field of like hierarchy, you know? Yeah. I mean, Winter is no different from a hooker on the street, honey. Let me tell you. Just make sure at the end of the day you're feeding yourself and you're ahead of the game.
0: Mm.
1: Ain't no shame, ladies. Do your thing.
0: Damn. It's so true. I'm like taking a moment of silence for that. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. it's so true though. And it's like this whole idea that everybody's better than one another, and uh-huh. this and that, and just shitting on each other, is just so sad. But
1: so it's the game we live in. That's mm-hmm. the world we live in. I know. We have to, we have to play by those rules and then sort of I like I look at it as a Trojan horse. You know, the Trojan horse is a pretty package that managed to sneak its way in, and then all of a sudden attacked, right? And so we as individuals, as creatives that sort of are rebels in our own right mind, we need a level of sophistication on the outside. We need to like wrap this shiny package in a gift, wrap it with a little bow, slide our way in there, and then until we're ready, you know, and then we shake things up and you unleash.
0: Yeah oh my god i love you so much (laughs) you got (laughs)
1: trojan horses it's so beyond
0: it's so good so um god i feel like we've said so much and yet said so little yeah how do we close i don't know because i'm just i don't even know how to i don't even know how to close (laughs) (laughs) do you want to tell us about anything that you have (laughs) i mean we talked about the videos coming out the one that you just made yeah. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that's coming up, or are we just want to keep some things under wraps?
1: Um, yeah, I'll be releasing Hollywood Hooker. It'll be available on iTunes, Spotify, all the channels. You know, check out my website, lovebailey.com, for bookings. My email's on there. Slide me a DM on Instagram at itslovebailey lovebailey or Savage Ranch on Instagram or my studio production, which is Slather Studios on Instagram. So check me out follow me you know support the if you believe in what i'm saying today support my message in any way you can because it takes a village honey
0: yeah for sure thank you so so much for being here Yeah, i really appreciate i love you love you all awesome show's over honey (laughs) go masturbate in the woods